Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. What is up, C12? How are we doing tonight? You guys doing good? Man, it is good to be here. Happy Thursday. Who said they would carve Jesus in their pumpkin? Who? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we're so glad that you are uh, here tonight with us on a Thursday. Uh, it is, uh, can we officially say it's like it's fall now? Tonight, today feels like fall. Uh, ready for the fall fits? I asked someone earlier uh, what, what the appropriate time and date is to wear a beanie. Uh, can we just make a vote on that? Is it okay to wear beanies now? Never. Okay. <laughs> I'll never wear a beanie on a Thursday. Um, uh, we're getting more fall weather out there. Uh, shout out to the Braves. We're coming, coming in clutch. There we go. Yeah, we got some momentum there. Falcons, uh, we, we did it again. We, we disappointed again. Um, we, uh, we're, we're not looking too hot. Uh, maybe you're like, yeah, I, uh, you get to the spot where you start following a team and you're like, you know, I, I don't even know if they're going to win. And uh, you, the, the game might be over and you still come back and check the score like an hour later. Like, did we really though? Like, that's kind of the, that's kind of the Falcons right now. You're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust it. I, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. You know what I mean? Uh, and not, maybe you kind of have that aspect, but it is fall. Uh, and with that, uh, we, I wanted to go over something that we are doing uh, on uh, Saturday, November 5th. So go ahead. I want you to pull out your phones right now. I want you to uh, save the date for it. Saturday, November 5th. We are uh, going to be having a bonfire as a whole ministry. So what it looks like is we're going to be out in a place in Bethlehem. We'll give you the details next week, timing, location. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about, oh, man, Georgia's playing Tennessee. I promise you it'll be okay. Georgia will win, hopefully, Lord willing. Uh, don't panic. We'll maybe get a chance to get the game up and rolling. Uh, but we have, uh, we just want this event to be something that you can go to. Maybe if you're new with us tonight and you're like, I just want to get a chance to meet other people. Uh, uh, things like this outside of a Thursday is a great way to just to, to have community, to meet other people that are in your stage of life. So go ahead, save the date in your phone. Saturday, November 5th, uh, we're doing a bonfire. How many of the bonfire last year? You got you to be a part of that. Uh, man, it was a ton of fun. Uh, the flame was about 70,000 feet in the air. So if you, uh, if you got an old Christmas tree or an old dresser, you want to donate, we'll gladly take it and we uh, will burn that and it'll be an awesome awesome uh bonfire uh but i'm really excited for tonight as we uh, have been in this series uh going over the fruit of the holy spirit and we're uh, kind of taking a deep examination and a look at, at the fruit that we're bearing in our lives so as young adults you always want to hey is the church legit or are people actually legit in their faith? Do they mean what they say? Do they practice what they preach? And the whole point of this series is not to, hey, let's point the finger at everybody else and let's see if they're legit. The whole point of the series is actually allow God to examine the things that are going on in your own heart and soul. And we're looking at the series of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so what we really crave is that authenticity. But the whole point is not, hey, let's not point the finger at everybody else, but let's allow God to take a deeper examination at what fruit are we really producing? You might be in here and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I've been following Jesus for a long time, but the, the, the byproduct of following Jesus is that you'd actually bear fruit, that you'd actually, man, that the love would come out, that, 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 that patience would come out. And so tonight we're going to be jumping over that topic of, of patience. Oh, it's going to hurt really good. <laughs> That's why I say after every workout, it hurt really good. And then tonight it's going to be a little bit of a spiritual workout. It's going to hurt really good. 
Um, and, and nothing comes out. Like the impatience does not come out any more than when you do a family trip. How many, like you've, been, you've gone on a family road trip and, and, and no matter how far it is, how long it is, uh, the impatience really comes out. Like your dad gets up at 4.30 in the morning uh, just to pack the car. We were supposed to leave by 8. Now we left by 8.03 and now it's a disaster. And now everyone's kind of like on, 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 on eggshells. And uh, have you ever been the person uh, that, that forgets something on a road trip? Oh, yeah, it's so awkward. Uh, you, and, and, and you don't know, uh, like, do I say it? Uh, and and I'm, I'm in the back seat. This happened uh, one time when I was growing up. Uh, and, and how many, to be honest, how many, you're that person. Like every road trip you take, like, yeah, I forgot something. Yep. Uh, how many people you know, like, that's your sibling, that's your spouse, like, uh, like, hey, that's you. You're the one who always forgets something. Uh, you, you maybe know that person or you are that person. Uh, all the ADHD disorganized people, where are you at? Howl at you. Uh, <laughs> we're like, we forget everything. Um, and, uh, and, and there was one time as a kid, I, I was so ADHD and all over the place and disorganized. I never had like anything really put together. And so on almost every road trip, I'd always forget something. I'd forget a charger. I'd forget a, a wallet. I'd, I'd forget something really important. And on one of these trips growing up, I, I, I don't even remember where we were going or really what I even forgot, but I remember being in the backseat we're already leaving late. It's already, we're supposed to have a, a set timeline. And my dad's like the one, like, we got to leave right at eight. We, we don't leave at eight. Like everything, everything's just, everything's off the table. I'm, I'm now, everything is, I'm, I'm frazzled. I'm frustrated. And so it's like, you know, 8.03 or we're on the road and I'm in the back seat and I'm like, oh no, I forgot something. And I'm like, I'm at this point where I'm like, dude, do I say something? I'm like 10 years old. Like I'm like, I'm in the back seat and I'm like, I'm having like this internal, like internal dialogue with myself of like, do I say something? Like if I say something, how mad are they going to be? Am I going to get disowned? Am I going to toss on the side of the road? Like, am I like, am I going to get like blasted forever? Uh, and, and I start having this like internal dialogue as a little 10 year old in the back seat. And, and what as a 10 year old do you bring that's really of that much value? <laughs> like what, what do you have that like, I don't need a wallet. My parents will pay for it. I don't like identification. I have my library card. Like, what do I need that for? I don't need anything. Like I don't have anything of important value. And I, I picked like the, probably the dumbest thing in my, in my bag that I forgot. And I remember seeing my dad's face in the rear view mirror. Oh, just like, it was like the wrath of God <laughs> through the mirror. It was like just the, the fury of like, oh my gosh, now my brother's mad, now my sister's mad, my mom's mad, everyone's turning at me in the car. I'm like, eh, like I'm like this like little scared little kid and I'm like, I forgot it. Like, and, and, and when, it's, when, every, when you forget something but everybody's calm, it's, it's no big deal. But, but when you forget something and everyone's already walking around eggshells, like World War III's at risk. <laughs> like you, you don't know what's gonna happen. And, and nothing kind of, the, the impatience Sometimes it doesn't really even come out to you. You get to be around people that are, that are closest to you. It just turned into like this, this, family, this family chaos. And, and, when, and patience comes out when you feel rushed. And patience comes out when you just now feel agitated. I want to kind of camp out in this verse. It's going to kind of be like the, the, the theme verse, memory verse of tonight, whatever you want to call it. It's found in, in, in Proverbs 16. It says, better a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. Better, better a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. Like just patience, patience is better. I'll, if you're taking notes, just write that down. Patience is better. It's, 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 it's simple, but here's, what our, here's what's broken our culture. It's, it's patience. There's probably maybe a lot of things that you feel like are broken our culture. One of them might be patience. Because our culture says that, well, faster is better. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta go, you gotta be driven, you gotta move forward. Like if it's too slow, like there's something wrong, there's a problem. 
When your Wi-Fi doesn't work and you're like, this Wi-Fi sucks, let's go, let's go. When someone's not going fast enough on the road, you lay the horn. Don't worry, I, I know, I know, I know we do this. I've, I've seen y'all on the road, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's, here's what happens when, when, when we feel like things are going too slow, it drives us impatience. And waiting means, if you wait, it means that you're moving too slow. When, when you wait, it means that you're not going at the speed that you should be going. And what our culture might celebrate, we don't shout it, but I think that we internally kind of live it, is that we kind of celebrate this impatience. Like, go faster, do more, uh, uh, go at a faster rate. And it's funny when maybe you're not on the receiving end of the story, but when things happen to you and you got to learn patience, ooh, that, that, that's, that's where rubber really hits the road. Let me, let me just make it practical. When you lose patience at work, because that one, that one coworker that you view as your enemy, your arch nemesis, some of you are laughing. You're like, I do, I do have one. I, yep, yep. And that one person that gets promoted and you didn't get promoted, that one person that gets celebrated and you didn't get celebrated, someone else that you work with, they get highlighted for what they do and they get all the attention and you don't. And now you start to get agitated. You start to get frustrated. You start to get impatient. Maybe you lose patience in relationships. You get sick and tired of family because they just have too much drama and mess in their life and you don't want to deal with all their baggage and garbage. And so now you, you, you don't like what they do. You don't like the decisions that they make. You don't like the lifestyle that they live because maybe you have people in your family who don't follow Jesus and now because of the way that they live, the way that they treat you, the way that they, they act around you, it's not the, way that, not the words that you would say. It's not the decisions that you would make. It's not the way that you would live your life. And now you have this growing impatience against them. Maybe you lose patience in dating. The person you're dating is now, you kind of move on past the honeymoon phase. It's all past the Instagram stories and tagging and sharing. And now you get to this spot where you're like, you just, you can annoy me. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 can get, I can get agitated. Maybe you're engaged or you're married in this room. And now you really get to know them. And you're like, you kind of make me mad. <laughs> like, you kind of just drive me crazy. Maybe you came to C12 and you're single and you're like, I've been looking for a man. <laughs> I came here. Well, don't worry. Don't, don't act like I don't know. Come on. Like, let's just level the playing field. I mean, some of y'all, you're like, I come in like, I, I know, I know. And some of you guys come in and you're like, I've been looking for a man. Some of you guys are like, man, what girl's single here? She's blonde. She's cute. Okay. DM. <laughs> and you came in hoping that you'd find yourself a person. And now your expectations aren't met. And now you're getting older and you're starting to think that, well, your, your singleness is something that you're failing at. You think your singleness is a problem rather than something that you steward. And so now you get to this spot in your life where you start making decisions out of insecurities rather than your identity, and you find yourself to be lonely. And so you think the solve of that is to go find someone else to, 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 to do life with because you feel like your singleness is something that's an issue. Why? Because the whole motivating factor was that you started to lose patience. You wouldn't just trust in God that, hey, you know what? He looks out after you. That this, it's this growing impatience that now it's making me make bad decisions. Let me just lay out a little bit of where some of this impatience leads to. That what you're, when you're impatient, it can lead to this anger. When you're impatient about things in your life, where you're like, it's not happening on my timeline. It's not happening the way that I want it. It's not, it's not going to the plan that I, that I had set in stone. I, I'm, I now I, I'm, I'm impatient, and what that leads is to a little bit of anger. 
But when you're impatient at someone or something, it leads to an anger. And at full birth, it leads to revenge. When you feel like you're impatient, it leads to this anger. And now it leads to this revenge. Losing patience always leads to unwise decisions. When you lose patience, it always leads to unwise decisions. It leads to saying, saying things that you regret. It leads to dating people that were never meant for you. It leads to getting impulsive and acting on your feelings. It leads to doing things that you wish that you didn't do. Losing patience always leads to unwise decisions. Because you know where impatience is really birthed out of? It's birthed out of distrust. When you're impatient, what you're really saying is, I don't trust you or I don't trust God. When you get impatient about the things that maybe are not happening in your life according to the way that you had it drawn up, according to the way that you wanted it, you now get impatient. And really what that's birthed out of is a distrust. This impatience can lead to this anger. Now I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, I'm mad at God, or I'm frustrated at the people that I work with, or I'm frustrated at the people that I do life with, or I, I, I can't stand my, 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 my friends anymore because of the, the things that they say, the things that they do. My family gets on my nerves, and it leads to this anger, and, and now it just leads to this kind of quote-unquote revenge of like, if they hurt me, then I'm going to hurt you. If you did me wrong, then I'm going to do you wrong. If you're coming against me, then I'm going to come against you. And one thing leads to another. Impatience leads to anger. Anger leads to revenge. See, all of this is natural. But patience, when it comes down to waiting, when it comes down to trusting, see, anger, see, impatience and anger and revenge, all that's natural. Patience is something that I believe is supernatural. Patience is something that I think is supernatural because patience is what God uses to transform you. Patience is something that God used to, to do something in, in your life. Patience is something that God does to transform even the, your community and your friends around you. God instills and puts you in seasons of patience to establish trust. And patience is meant to transform the people that are around you. How many of you had, you had your patience tested in the last month? You go ahead and raise your hand. There, there, there are things, whether small or big, that you, you had your patience tested Nothing, nothing kind of drives me to be more impatient than, than, than when I feel like, okay, we got something on the calendar and it's going way behind. How many, like you, you love the dentist office? How many, like raise your hand. We got, we got a loyal three people. How many of you hate the dentist? You're like, I can't stand it. Uh, I went to the, the, the dentist this past week uh, and nothing tested my impatience more than anything. My appointment was supposed to start at 1230 and, and I got in and, and uh, I literally did not sit down in the chair until 120. So uh, yeah. Okay. Amen. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and now I'm sitting in this chair and I'm like, I'm just frustrated. And I'm like, dude, like, why I got stuff to do. Like, do you not know what I do? I, I, I got a ministry lead. I got people to serve. We got, we got things and events that are coming up. Like I, I can't waste time. I'm just sitting in a chair. I, I got in at 1230 appointment didn't start till 120. And then they, they had to get all these cavities filled. Oh. 
And we get down into, uh, into the appointment and, 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 and she's like doing the examination. And, and you know, when they try to ask you questions and I got this big suction cup in my mouth and it's like two people, they got the water and it's spraying everywhere. It's hitting my teeth. It's like the metal uh, thing keeps like banging everything, like all the other teeth in your mouth. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like this like really hurts. And they give you the little shot thing when you get a, how many have had a cavity? Uh, you've had, okay. Uh, if you've had over four cavities, go ahead and raise your hand. Over five cavities. Over six cavities. Leah Grace, wow. I will beat you. I have had 11 cavities in my mouth. Yep, 11 cavities. Thank you, mom and dad, for your wonderful genes. And now I'm sitting in this chair and she's just di- kind of diagnosing me of like, yep, you got a cavity. Here's how bad it is. And so she keeps saying probably four to five times in this, in, in this kind of procedure, she just says, hey, you have a really big cavity. I'm like, nothing makes me feel worse than someone telling me I have a large cavity. And so I'm sitting in this chair. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get impatient because I'm literally looking at my phone. I'm like literally looking at, okay, when, when's the next meeting? I have like work emails coming in. I got people texting me. And I'm looking at my phone and I'm like starting to like squirm and move around in my chair. And she's like, are, are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah. But I'm like, how do I really t- say anything? So I'm like, oh, uh, uh, uh. and like, and so now I'm like trying to like communicate, but I can't because all stuff is in my mouth. And she's like, hey, you just, you need to wait. You need to wait because your cavity is really big. <laughs> I'm like, okay, nothing makes me feel worse than that. <laughs> And so when I, and I'm like starting to squirm in my chair and she like literally puts like her hand on my, on, on my shoulder and she said, you just need to be patient because your cavity's really big. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even believe you. So we like look around. She literally shows me the x-ray. It shows me the extra how deep and how big this cavity is. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a dentist. And she's like, no, no, no. Here's what we had to do. She literally showed me the whole procedure. And she kept saying over and over again, hey, it's a really big cavity. It just needs time. It's, it's a really big cavity. It just, it, it just, it really needs some time. And I think that the bigger the problem, the more time that it needs. The, 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 the bigger the calling, the more time that it needs to unfold. The bigger the circumstance, the more time that it needs. The bigger that you want God to do things in your life, the more time it's going to take. And you have to be patient and wait and trust that God is working more than you can see on something bigger that is probably higher than what you can ever dream of. You have to wait and be patient. Be patient and trust that God has more for you than you could ever think of. And God can't do big things if you're impatient. God can't do big things if you're impatient. Maybe there's something or someone in your life that's testing your patience. And now you wonder, like, why won't she do the right thing? Why won't he apologize? Why doesn't my boss recognize my talent? Why, why do I put up with this? Why doesn't God do something by now? We come back to this verse, better a patient man than a warrior a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. It's better to be patient than to be angry. It's better to be patient than to be argumentative. It is better to be patient than to be a a fighter. It is better that you're patient because patience produces fruit, but impatience just produces frustration. This patience produces fruit. Look at what Paul says. In 1 Thessalonians, goes on to say this. It says, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Basically, we're saying, hey, 
Whoa, there we go. All right. Make sure that nobody's out to just seek out revenge. Nobody's out to, you know what? We're going to come back at you because you've done wrong at me. We're not here to pay back wrong for wrong. We're not out here to seek revenge. But what he's saying is, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. What he's really saying is, hey, patience is better. It might feel like impatience is easier, but patience is better. So why is patience better? Let me just unpack them. First thing, a patient person can help heal a broken relationship. A patient person can help heal a broken relationship. And listen, we just, we, just listen, we just live in a fallen and broken world. Wouldn't you agree? We, just, we live in a fallen and broken world. Relationships are messy. Everybody knows that, but then when we actually feel the messiness of relationships, we really don't want anything to do with it. So we know that it's there, but then we want to tap out when it gets close to us. In Proverbs 15, it says, this is a hot Tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a, a quarrel. What is that? It's, it's a fight. It's an argument. It's something that's a, a dispute. A patient man actually it calms it down. A patient person is actually something who can actually restore and mend something that, that, that is once broken. And, and if you know me, you know that uh, my, my journey throughout school and, and uh, when I was in college, went through a heavy season of bitterness, and some of you kind of know the, the journey. I've shared this story before, and, and, and there was a moment when I was in college, and, and I just had this uh, encounter with uh, uh, the, the, the dean of, of students at the time, and she started asking why people were leaving the university, and, and I pretty much started out the, the conversation by just saying, I hate you, and I hate this place. And I, I just, I couldn't stand, I was in such a, a deep, deep season of hatred and bitterness that I just started to hate the school that was actually designed to pour into me. I was so bitter. I was so impatient. I literally just played this out. I followed it. I got so impatient about my timeline. I got so impatient about what God, what God was doing in my life. I got so impatient with the people that were around me that I just stewarded anger and, and a frustration in my heart that I was actually out to seek revenge on people, on leaders. I became like kind of re- rebellious towards people. I remember her name is Brittany Trafton. We just sat in in an office and she just listened. She didn't respond. She didn't retaliate. She didn't come back and, and say, well, you're wrong. She didn't come against me. What she did, she literally pulled out her notebook and she just began to take notes. She just took notes on everything that I was saying. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm saying that's worth writing down. I'm just angry and frustrated. And she just began to write things down. And I'll never forget that moment because it's not what she said. It's her posture and what she did. I'm not celebrating me in that story. I want to celebrate Brittany in that story because of the way that she responded. She was patient and she was calm. And when I got into the the residency, uh, at the very beginning, I ended up calling her. (laughs) And I just, I thanked her for her impact that she had in my life. I thanked her for the way that she was patient with me, the way that she was kind to me. It restored something in me. I was never bitter towards her, but I was bitter towards the institution. And God used Brittany to heal something that was broken. And I had this broken view about what does it mean to be a pastor? I had a broken view against larger, bigger institutions and organizations. And God used Brittany to transform and begin to heal what was once broken. And we had a conversation on the phone and she just began to speak encouragement after encouragement. And she just said how proud she was and 
I'll never forget the disposition that she had because it's a patient person who can calm a quarrel. It's a patient person who can actually mend something that's broken. Y'all know probably the story of Joseph and the Old Testament, how Joseph was treated horribly wrong, betrayed by his brothers that are jealous of him. They sent him out to die and he sat in prison for two years and was Potiphar's house for 11 years. And so you look at the story of Joseph and he's like, he's been in after wrong, after wrong, after wrong, after wrong. And, 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 and for 13 years, Joseph just sat in this kind of a quote unquote waiting season of this isn't fair. It's all this injustice. What, what did I do to deserve this? What, what, what did I do that my brothers would hate me and they want to come after me and they're jealous? And look what it says at the, at the end of Genesis. It says, but now that their, their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong that we did to him. Basically what they're thinking, okay, if you think that a culture has really evolved over time, it probably hasn't in this category. What they're really afraid of is, you know what, Joseph is going to be, he's going to have some vengeance. What we did to Joseph, he's going to come back and he's, he's going to seek revenge. So now we're fearful because we believe that, well, Joseph is now so angry about the 13 years that we put him in. And now he's going to come back and he's going to hate us. And what he goes on and says, so they sent his message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. For their sin is treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God, of your father, beg, beg you to forgive our sin. And when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm to me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. It's all this injustice that happened to Joseph. For years and years and years, and his response was, it's, I, I'm patient and I'm kind with you. What he went through, it's not fair. It was wrong. It's, it, it's injustice. It's something that he, that he shouldn't have gone through, but it's really through patience that God healed the broken relationships. Listen, there are some things that you've gone through that just aren't fair. There are things that you had to endure that are total injustice. There are things that have been done to you things that have been said about you. There are things that have happened in your life and you're like, you know what? That's not fair and that's not right and that is wrong. That stuff is not okay. Maybe you're in a spot in life or maybe the job that you're in, they're not for you like they thought they would be. Maybe your ex has cheated on you. People gossiped about you. People treated you horribly, horribly wrong. People took advantage of you. And what our culture tells us is that, hey, go get revenge. They did you wrong, go do something back to them. But what God reminds us of is his patience. It's through patience that God can change a heart and heal a broken relationship. A world culture says go seek revenge. A kingdom culture says choose patience. We're all following a culture. You just might not be following the right one. The second thing, why is patience better? A patient person gives God time to work. A patient person gives God time to work. Look what it says in Psalm 27. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. To, to, to basically, hey, just, just wait on him. When, you, when you're patient, you're really, what you're saying is, I'm, I'm waiting on God knowing that there's a better timing, that there's a better plan. 
And the opposite of patience is obviously impatience, but when you're impatient, you kind of feel rushed. Anybody ever feel rushed before? In the morning, you wake, you wake up and you missed your alarm. How many of you come on? Like you, you, you slept through an alarm. Oh, and you have that horrible feeling. How many have the Apple fo- or uh, Apple phone? What am I? Uh, <laughs> you have you have an Apple phone, okay? Uh, but you have you have the uh, alarm on your phone that like it, it's super loud uh, and and it's like annoyingly and it wakes you up and you instantly have anxiety uh, and 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 you know how many have you ever woken up before and you woke up too late and then you miss like a meeting in the morning you were late for work uh, and nothing is more uh, like daunting than when you feel like oh my gosh I woke up and now you're at the house you're rushing you're just throwing on clothes put on a it's a hat day because we ain't taking a shower like we'll skip that like we're just I'm, I'm booking out the door. And I'm, I feel so rushed. And and I remember there was there was a moment uh, a couple years ago where I woke up and there was actually a really important meeting that I needed to be at. Uh, and and I was supposed to be there uh, by nine. I, I woke up literally like at eight fifty. Uh, and I literally I, I it was like instant panic. You like you shut down and you're like I'm fired. I'm gone. I'm done. Uh, God take me now. Like I don't like you just jump to like worst case and you're like I'm done for. I this is like I can't do this. Uh, and so now you know you like you like send a text and you're like traffic. Uh, construction, uh, and, uh, and you're, some of y'all know it's too real. Like you're like, I hit, I hit a real nerve right there. And I realized that my, I was just trying to stack my calendar so much that, 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 that my life really, what was happening is that my, my, my calendar was just too full of things. So I was running from, from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, and from event, from event to meeting, to meeting. And I'm just trying to pack my, my, my day because you know what? I want to be an achiever. I want to get things done. I want to move forward. And so when I'm starting to cram my day, I can't live up to that standard all the time. It leads to being tired, and that's why I miss that, that, that meeting. And in that moment, I realized, that, like, man, I have way more moments on my calendar. But Jesus had moments where he was more present with himself. Like, I have so many moments on the calendar, but I, I, when I look through Scripture, I just see the life of Jesus, that the moments that he was in, he was fully present, he was fully himself, he was fully there, he was fully present, he was fully there to the people that were around him. He might not have had as many moments, but those moments had more of Jesus. And I started to do a little self-discovery. <laughs> that when I'm, I'm not going to write out the whole word, but impatience and impulsive. If you're taking notes, you can write those down. I was impatient and impulsive. It's kind of the driving, motivating factor of my, of my life. I'm, I'm getting impatient when maybe things are happening on my timeline, so I want to do it faster. And, and because of the impatience, it leads to the kind of this uh, impulsivity. So they kind of go hand in hand. And, and when you live that too long, you lead to this anxiousness. And now you just have anxiety all the time. You have anxiety at your core. You have anxiety in your soul. You have anxiety uh, all, all around you. And it led to just being rushed. So now I'm rushing from thing to thing. Why? Because I'm, I'm anxious. And I keep spinning the wheel and spinning the wheel. I go from anxious to being rushed and being anxious to being rushed. And at my core, it was because I was impatient. I was impulsive. And it led to this lifestyle that I wanted things faster. There was a moment where I was convicted where God says you're doing too much. There is too much in your calendar that people don't even experience you to be present. You're doing more, but you're actually doing less. I had to stop and slow down, learn what it means to be patient, because I can't rush the things that God's doing in me. 
And there are things that God is doing in you if you would trust him, if you'd be patient. Because when we're patient, it leads to a fruitfulness. And when fruitfulness exists, then we walk in wisdom. When we're patient and you say, you know what, God has a better plan than I do. When we're patient and we understand, you know what, God has something better in store than I can fathom. When God is going to do something that, you know what, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I have to trust in him. See, when you're patient, it really stemmed from the belief that you had a big trust in God. When you're patient with people, it comes out of a belief, you know what, hey, I choose to believe the best and I choose to trust them. When you're patient, it's not just because, oh, you try to choose to be patient. Let's look at its core of what it means to actually have trust. See, as a, as a student pastor a couple years ago, um, you, you, learn, you, learn, you learn patience pretty quick as a student pastor. Uh, I know, Zach, you're like nodding your head. Uh, if you don't know Zach, he's the Browson student pastor. Give him a shout out in the room. Uh, no point. I just wanted to shout you out. Uh, and, uh, and when I was a student pastor uh, in, in South Dakota, uh, I learned patience really quick because there's, there's always like the, 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 the kids that are like, you're just, man, like out of my selfishness and out of my humanity, I was like, you're a punk. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why you're here. Like, you're the trouble kid. Uh, they're like fights that break out. They're like, you know, selling, uh, selling weed out in the parking lot. Like, there's like, literally, like this, this, this was my life, you know? Like one kid's like, uh, there's literally a night where, like, there's, like, a fight out in the parking lot. One kid uh, passed out because uh, he, he took too many drugs, and he passed out on the floor. And then uh, I got, you know, the, there were some uh, leaders in the room that were like, well, they're doing dope, and we're trying to give hope. And I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, you're not helping. You're not, you're not, you're not helping right now. Uh, and I just, I got so impatient because some of these kids are, I was like, man, you just, like, you're just, you're, you're kind of a punk. You're, like, you're constantly the thorn in my flesh. You're constantly like, you're the ache in my side. And I started to have this sick thought that I was like, you know what? Maybe our ministry would be better if they weren't here. Maybe our ministry would grow more if kids like that didn't show up. And then you have an encounter with God and you're uh, (laughs) convicted of the way that you view some of these students and I remember God doing a work in some of those students, some of the kids that were probably, that drove me the, the most crazy, the, the kids that felt like they were the thorn in my flesh. They were the kids that I chose to again and again and again to choose to invest in, to choose to pray for, to choose to just deal with the chaos. And those are the same kids that came to know Jesus. Those are the same kids that came to be baptized. Those are the same kids that are now in full-time ministry because you choose to invest in people who drive you crazy because you don't know what God can do when you just choose to be patient with people. When you choose to walk and be patient with people, I thought that, hey, if they were gone from the ministry, our ministry would blow up. And I was, I was wrong by a, by a long shot. Our ministry in that season grew by 210%. Youth volunteers grew by 350% over that camp. They had over two dozen people had gotten baptized. And it's those same kids that you're like day after day and week after week. I'm just driving, you're driving me nuts. Those are the same kids that are like, man, they have an encounter with Jesus. And you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd put that thorn back in my flesh if it just meant somebody else coming to know him. 
So let us, this is what it says in Galatians. Let me just put it in scripture for you. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus didn't give up on you. Jesus didn't give up on people. He didn't write the woman off at the well for her immoral life. He didn't blackball the tax collector Zacchaeus for his sins. He didn't ban Peter for his denial. You know, he, he loved and he forgave and he waited on the Father to do a deeper inner work in them. And it led to their transformation. And so for us in this room, okay, what does it mean to be patient? Well, it's, it's to keep on praying. It's to keep loving. It's to keep being patient. It's probably to stay when it's easier to go. It's to invest when it's easier to withdraw. It's to commit when it'd be easier to bail. See, the culture in our world chooses to find the next and exciting thing when things get hard. And in the kingdom culture, we choose to stay and commit when things get difficult. Because better a patient man than a warrior, better a patient man than an angry fighter. It is better that you're patient. The third thing, why is patience better? Because God is patient with you. Because God is patient with you. Look what it says in 2 Peter. It says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. But he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. That God is patient with you. Just look at your life story, all the ways that God extended his mercy to you, all the ways that God was patient to you, all the ways in, in, in your own testimony, you're like, you know what? Maybe God could have gave up on me in there, but he didn't because God is perfect and he's loving and God is so patient with me. God is patient with me in my own transformation, transformational journey that, you know what? God, God so loves me that he knew me when he chose me, when he chose me and when I became saved that, they, hey, there is going to be a journey and there's going to be a lot of areas to grow and there's going to be a lot of things that, that God needed to do in my life. But it's better that we're patient because God is patient with you. And when we extend the patience to other people, we come back to the fact that, you know what? God was patient with me. How do I extend patience to other people? Well, I just come back to the fact that God is so patient with me. There are just moments in my life where I look and I'm like, how did God even use me? I was young and emotional all over the place. How does God even use someone so lost, so insecure, so uh, maybe damaged, so uh, just in a horrible spot of life, but God was so patient with me that his patience wasn't meant to stop at me. His patience was something that I needed to encounter. Why? So that way I could go be patient with other people because if I'm patient with other people, then maybe it'll just lead to them coming to know Jesus. And maybe there are people in your life there are family members that you don't want to be patient towards. There are people that you work with. There are teammates that you're with. There are people that you just can't stand and you don't want to be, and you, you don't want to be patient about them. But maybe if you just allow God to grow the fruit of patience in your life, it would lead to somebody else's salvation. To stay patient, to keep praying. You know what? They're in a horrible spot of life, but you know what? Be patient with them. Walk with them. There are students that you serve and people that you pour into. Be patient. Keep praying. God will do something on his timeline, not yours, but it will come. And don't give up because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest.
And maybe we miss out on the thing that God wants to do because we get too frustrated about the fruit that he's trying to produce in us. We want to go into the next thing and we totally bypass because our minds are set on where we go and God's more concerned about who we are. So I just want to take this moment. I want to pray over you. Pray over the areas where maybe you're growing impatient. Impatient because you've asked God to do things and it's not happening. You've asked God to come through and it's, it's not going the way that you wanted it to go. There are people that you have prayed over and invested in and you feel like they're not changing. Nothing's happening. There's no growth. And you're getting impatient. You're getting frustrated. What are the areas in your life that you're getting impatient? Maybe the areas of your life where you want to go when it's actually God's calling you to stay. The areas where you want to withdraw, but it's the areas that God wants you to commit. So let me pray over you. God, we just pray. God, this, the fruit of patience is, God, one that aggravates us. It's one that annoys us. It's one that, that gets under our skin. And we know that there are things in our life that maybe, God, cause us to be impatient. God, I just pray over, God, people in this room, God, who feel that sense of maybe the family members that, that they know that I've just been growing impatient and, and angry towards them, the the people that they're pouring into and investing into, that they're getting impatient by. God, I pray that you would instill, God, your fruit of patience because, because God, it's better to be patient. And we, God, we just ask, God, that you move in this room. God, would you speak to us? God, would you remind us that we belong to you. God, would, we, would you remind us that, God, our identity is found in you? God, would you remind us that, God, our strength comes from you? We cannot do this on our own. And so, God, we choose to trust in you. And we pray this in your name. Everybody said amen. We're going to worship and we're going we're gonna to sing as we always do just in response to God. And maybe there's things that are you find that are broken. Maybe you have a, a, a trust that's broken. You have areas of your life where you're growing impatient. And for you, if you just want to scatter throughout the room and journal, and, and that's how you got to spend this moment with God, if that's you standing and, 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 and raising your hands in worship and just declaring, you know what, I have to kind of re-up my trust in God again. I have to re-up maybe what's, what's lost or broken. I want you to take the posture, whatever gets you into the presence of God. So let's worship C12. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12 Stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.